Welcome back to another episode of the Medical Republic. This week we're out of the office and we're actually trying our skills at protest. We're at the school strike for climate at Town Hall and that's why it's a bit noisy. I'm Francine Crimmins and I'm joined by my co-host Felicity Nelson in the middle of a crowd of very hot and sweaty school children. It is so crowded, we've been trying to get to the front but... That's uh, school children screaming, as you can hear. It sounds like a school carnival. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of noise around us today. Uh, later in this episode, we're catching up with a Queensland doctor who has really taken charge with climate action and written a guideline of how GPs can help in this matter. Her name's Dr Warby, and we'll be catching up with her later in the show. But as for right now, uh, we're on the hunt for some doctors to interview. Sorry, i got to get through. And we're also surrounded by a lot of other pushy journalists who are equally trying to get a story out of today. So there's a lot of reasons why the climate is so important for doctors. And one of the biggest concerns is just how important planetary health is for our health systems and human health as well. So um, I'm Keithy, I'm a fourth year medical student and I'm heading AMSA Global Health's um, Climate Change and Health Project, which is called Code Green. Um, and so I'm one of two national coordinators. And can you tell us what is Code Green and how has it brought you to stand in this middle of this massive crowd today here at Town Hall? Yeah. So Code Green is our climate change and health project. So essentially um, we're advocating for to mitigate and adapt to climate change effects. Um, we're a national project and we work in a team with like reps across all of the universities and this is right up our alley. This climate change strike is pretty much bringing school students together um, and I'm right at home here. And for someone who is going to be a future health leader, a future doctor, how important is this for your career? Um, climate change has been, is the, the greatest um, global health threat of the 21st century. And there are so many changes and it's unimaginable how many facets of our life that climate change is going to affect, whether it's vector-borne diseases, air pollution, mental health, um, food security. I think doctors are going to have to face the changes and um, there's going to be so many patients who are going to be dealing with the consequences. So unless we're educating and stopping the changes, um, stopping like essentially putting climate change action into action, um, doctors are going to have to deal the brunt, deal with the brunt of this. Okay, and I also noticed that you have a sign here with you today, um, came prepared. Can you tell us what your sign says? I did not come prepared. This is a sign that was given to me, but it says um, vote for clean energy. And I think that's one of our priorities for this year. Code Green really wants to put climate change um, on the federal election agenda and making it a priority is very much our concern. So we want everyone to vote, um, make their vote count. Thanks so much for talking to us and happy protesting. Thank you. Thank you very much. To you too. Well, maybe <laughs> you could remove basic science from the mandatory syllabus. And we've just run into a first-year med student. His name is Patrick. Patrick, how's it going? Going really well. And what brings you out to Town Hall today? What brings me out to Town Hall? Well, I'm so impressed to see so many kids here today. It's really exciting. We're all here um, helping show support for all the young people who are on strike from school today. 
and it's really fantastic to see many young people out here. And you said you were studying first year, does that mean that you've also walked out of classes today? I have indeed. We're missing out on embryology. I'll catch up on it later. Needn't worry. <laughs> and why do you feel that planetary health is so important for someone like yourself who might be a doctor one day? Um, well, essentially we're facing the potential destruction of our society. Medicine doesn't work unless we have a society surrounding doctors. Um, yeah, it's a bit overwhelming. Um, aside from that, there are really quite immediate health problems in the, in the present time. For example, I think that it's very much on other people's radar, the health burden of air pollution, particularly in major cities, but also in coal-affected areas like Newcastle. What are the kind of implications of this going forward for people who are young people studying medicine? Well, I think taking action on climate change is integral to actually having a career. Keep it nice and simple. You can't very well be a doctor in 30 or 40 years' time, so society is mostly collapsed because of runaway global warming. It just won't work. And do you find that a lot more med students are kind of hopping on and getting more active in this area? I'd like to think so. Everyone's really busy, so it is really hard. Um, but it's nice that there's a good crew of us here today. Awesome, thanks so much, and uh, good luck with the march to Hyde Park. Thank you very much. I don't think I've ever seen this many kids out in the city, not even in the school holidays. Uh, and they've also gone to a lot of effort to be here. There's an abundance of signs, and they're all, a lot of them, homemade. And they're very entertaining. Could you maybe read out some of them that you've seen, Felicity? Uh, yeah, so one of my favourite signs I spotted was uh, Stop making polar bears swim, you wanker. <laughs> Which is quite cute. Yeah, they're really done with uh, texture in multiple colours. Uh, beautiful sign. Yeah, and up the stairs just from us here, there's also a young man and he's in a gas mask, uh, nuclear style. And he has a very scary sign that says, Soon you'll wear one too. So we've just gotten the train back to the office after spending the morning out at Sydney Town Hall for the school strike for climate and we got a great chance to catch up with some of those students and particularly medical students who are being really active in this area. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to see students standing up and fighting for this issue. I think our generation is a bit exhausted. We've been fighting our entire lives and nothing's been done. Um, but what's really quite scary is things are really heating up. Uh, January in Australia was the hottest month that we've ever had in history. Um, I don't know how you can ignore that kind of data. Yeah, it's really alarming, isn't it? I was actually uh, watching a climate scientist speak in Queensland the other day and he lectures at QUT about climate science to his students every year. And every year he stands up in the lecture theatre and he says... These are the stats for this year, and next year we will break these records, and we continue to break these records, and we're seeing this already. So there were heat waves all across the country in January. The Bureau of Meteorology even reported that some towns were hitting 40 degrees for something like 36 days straight, which is just obscene. So one of the scary stories that I actually emailed Francine was uh, this group of scientists at ANU have done some predictions and found out that in 30 years' time, winter as we know it will be non-existent. 
Yeah, so that obviously causes major direct problems in terms of heat stroke. And I remember you brought up an example about hospitals. Yeah, so hospitals can get very overwhelmed in heat and it's almost three reasons why this can happen. So the first is that obviously you have so many more people coming into emergency, particularly elderly people and children, because they suffer from the effects of heat more and that's enhanced if they have chronic conditions already. The second problem that you have is because of this heat, you have the staff and they themselves are very exhausted. And then you even have a further problem where the hospital infrastructure itself can break down. One example of where hospitals don't fare well in the heat is that uh, there was a Tasmanian hospital and that was during last summer. Its air conditioning broke down in a major ward, which you can imagine you've already not got enough beds. You're probably short on staff. And then on top of that, the hospital system isn't working for you. And we saw this also in 2016 with the thunderstorm asthma emergency that happened in Melbourne. Um, So this is the biggest thunderstorm asthma event in the entire world in known human history. And in that incident, about 8,500 asthma presentations uh, were seen over hospitals in Melbourne. There were so many ambulance call-outs in such a short amount of time that the state couldn't actually keep up with the demand of patients which is terrifying when you think about the fact that you might be able to dial an ambulance in these high-risk situations, but maybe no one will come for you. Mm. And there are some other effects uh, of climate change. I know you were talking about um, allergies and uh, vector-borne diseases. Do you want to tell me about those? Yeah, that's true. So as we know, uh, bacteria multiplies much faster if the temperature is higher and this is particularly the case actually going back to the fact that hospitals can suffer blackouts this is the same for personal homes you know if you have a blackout the problem with that is that after extreme heat or blackouts from heat you get a lot more people that come in with salmonella and that's because they may be eating food that was exposed to temperatures five degrees above average oh, for longer wow. periods of time. So you have those kind of horrible roll-on effects of things that you didn't even think about uh, yeah. coming back to bite you. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's honestly just one of those situations where can you even win? Because, you know, you've got the primary problems and then for days and weeks afterwards, you're going to see presentations of illnesses in relation to the initial heat wave. And what about allergies? Yeah, allergies is more of an ongoing problem that we're going to see out of climate change. There's a professor from Macquarie University who's done quite a few studies to show that the pollen uh, production rates are increasing with the warmer climate. I think you um, actually have written about this in the past. Yeah, yeah. So the... There's a lot of data around the world showing that pollen levels are increasing, pollen production's increasing. When the climate gets hotter, some plants go into decline and they can't cope with it, but other plants, specifically weeds, go, yay, this is awesome, it's really hot, let's boost production. Um, And unfortunately, some of those weeds happen to give us allergies. Um, So if you've got more allergens in the environment, you're more likely to have asthma outbreaks um, happening. Yeah, and it's pretty scary because you can have allergic rhinitis and not know that you're susceptible to an asthma attack as well, which is why those thunderstorm events can be so dangerous for people as well. Because they're completely unprepared. So the problem that we have, obviously, and this is why we have protesters on the streets, is that the government isn't really listening to the science, clearly. 
Um, and the question is, what can doctors do about that? Um, and I, I understand you spoke to a, a GP who was doing something about it. Yeah, so there is doctors that are doing amazing things. We have a lot of the colleges actually are starting the process of divesting from fossil fuels, which is a great way to actually take your finances, your assets, and stop uh, funding, I guess, uh, non-renewable energy such as coal through those investments. And there's also uh, Doctors for the Environment, which have a great advocacy uh, platform. But then there's individual GPs who are also doing work in this area as well. What I think that doctors can really bring to this debate is a sense of immediacy and relatability. Uh, Climate change is a glacially slow-moving issue, and it's very hard as an individual to relate to it. But doctors have this capacity to translate the, the complicated science into an individual health problem where people can actually get... Uh, motivated (laughs) to do something about the issue. It's also important about making it relatable as a professional. So there's a doctor which I caught up with on the phone. Her name's Dr. Tamara Warby. She's based in Queensland and she was a co-lead on a document uh, with Wonka and it was looking at planetary health and what that means as a family doctor and how you can use these principles of environmentalism, I guess, in your everyday practice as a GP. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. So that's an example of one GP really standing up and making an effort to be an advocate. Um, What were some of the things in her paper? Yeah, so some of the things were really practical. It was about having conversations with your patients about how the climate might be affecting their health. So with asthma or with changes in the environment, whether there's more dust in the atmosphere, that that can all impact their health. And it's also about being an advocate for your patients as well. But maybe we should hear a little bit more about it from Dr. Wilby herself. Tamara, thank you for coming on the program. Thank you so much. To start with, what your background, what made you author this document? Um, so first of all, I wasn't the author. I was a co-lead of the document of creating um, the document as part of, it was a combined um, like a partnership, so between Wonka, which is the World Organization of Family Doctors, as well as the Clinicians for Planetary Health Working Group of the Planetary Health Alliance. Just for some context for our audience, can you describe what is planetary health and is that different from climate change? It is uh, in that climate change is just one part. It could be considered one part of planetary health. So it's basically an emerging field that looks at the linkages between what humans are doing to the Earth's natural systems, um, causing their disruptions, and the resulting loopback effects that that has on human public health. I mean, already we're seeing some of the risks of environmental damage on health. Could you describe some of these that maybe you've seen or that you warn about in the document? There's multiple risks, um, degraded air quality, threatened food production, there's new infectious disease exposures, decreasing access to fresh water, decreasing nutrition, and then mental health effects, which are indirect, as well as susceptibility to injury, disease, and even people who have to migrate from their homes because of climate change. And on a patient level, are there things that uh, doctors need to start telling patients about how they can better protect themselves for these changing weather conditions or um, changing global temperatures? 
Yes, there, it, there's definitely a role for leading your community and your patients on having disaster management plans. Uh, there's also a role for explaining what's available in terms of the uh, heat wave warnings or the outdoor workers um, assessing their risk and all of that sort of stuff. But having them sort of understand and prepare for uh, disasters as well as understanding and personal environmental impact. So thank you, Dr. Warby, so much for coming on The Medical Republic and all the best with your advocacy. Thank you so much for having me. So we know that there are a lot of doctors out there who are doing their own little bit in their community to really make a difference and raise awareness of climate change. Um, and we'd really like to hear from you. If you've got a project going that you think other doctors might be able to get involved in or help out with, um, please send us an email, that'd be great. You can catch us on our email, it's just our first name, so either Francine or Felicity at medicalrepublic.com.au. That's it for the Medical Republic. Next week we're going to look into how to spot really rubbish qualitative research. Yeah, please don't spend your time going through pages and pages. We're going to tell you how to spot the good from the bad straight away. <laughs>